Part 2, Chapter 1, Section 44 of The Life of Jesus Critically Examined by David Friedrich Strauss, translated by George Eliot. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part 2, History of the Public Life of Jesus. Chapter 1, Relations Between Jesus and John the Baptist. Section 44, Chronological Relations Between John and Jesus. For the ministry of John the Baptist, mentioned in all the Gospels, the second and fourth evangelists fix no epoch. The first gives us an inexact one, the third an apparently precise. According to Matthew chapter 3, verse 1, John appeared as a preacher of repentance in those days. That is, if we interpret strictly this reference to the previous narrative, about the time when the parents of Jesus settled at Nazareth, and when Jesus was yet a child. We are told, however, in the context, that Jesus came to John for baptism. Hence, between the first appearance of the Baptist, which was contemporary with the childhood of Jesus, and the period at which the latter was baptized, we must intercalate a number of years during which Jesus might have become sufficiently matured to partake of John's baptism. But Matthew's description of the person and work of the Baptist is so concise, the office attributed to him is so little independent, so entirely subservient to that of Jesus, that it was certainly not the intention of the evangelist to assign a long series of years to his single ministry. His meaning incontestably is, that John's short career early attained its goal in the baptism of Jesus. It being thus inadmissible to suppose between the appearance of John and the baptism of Jesus, that is, between verses 12 and 13 of the third chapter of Matthew, the long interval which is in every case indispensable, nothing remains but to insert it between the close of the second and the beginning of the third chapter, namely, between the settlement of the parents of Jesus at Nazareth and the appearance of the Baptist. To this end, we may presume, with Paulus, that Matthew has here introduced a fragment from a history of the Baptist, narrating many particulars of his life immediately preceding his public agency, and very properly proceeding with the words, In those days which connecting phrase Matthew, although he omitted that to which it referred, has nevertheless retained. Or we may, with Suskind, apply the words not to the settlement, but to the subsequent residence of Jesus at Nazareth, or better still, entice hem erais ek einais, like the corresponding Hebrew expression hem yom, for example, in Exodus chapter 2, verse 11, is probably to be interpreted as relating indeed to the establishment at Nazareth, but so that an event happening thirty years afterwards may yet be said, speaking indefinitely, to occur in those days. In neither case do we learn from Matthew, concerning the time of John's appearance, more than the very vague information that it took place in the interval between the infancy and manhood of Jesus. Luke determines the date of John's appearance 
by various synchronisms, placing it in the time of Pilate's government in Judea, in the sovereignty of Herod Antipas, of Philip and of Lysanias over the other divisions of Palestine, in the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, and, moreover, precisely in the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius, which, reckoning from the death of Augustus, corresponds with the year twenty-eight or twenty-nine of our era, from chapter three, verses one and two. With this last and closest demarcation of time, all the foregoing less precise ones agree. Even that which makes Annas high priest together with Caiaphas appears correct, if we consider the peculiar influence which, according to John chapter 18 verse 13, Acts chapter 4 verse 6, that high priest retained, even when deposed, especially after the assumption of office by his son-in-law Caiaphas. A single exception occurs in the statement about Lysanias, whom Luke makes contemporary with Antipas and Philip as tetrarch of Abilena. Josephus, it is true, speaks of an Abila he Lucianu, and mentions a Lysanias as governor of Chalcis in Lebanon, near to which lay the territory of Abila, so that the same Lysanias was probably master of the latter. But this Lysanias was, at the instigation of Cleopatra, put to death thirty-four years before the birth of Christ. And a second Lysanias is not mentioned either by Josephus or by any other writer on the period in question. Thus, not only is the time of his government earlier by sixty years than the fifteenth year of Tiberius, but it is also at issue with the other dates associated with it by Luke. Hence, it has been conjectured that Luke here speaks of a younger Lysanias, the descendant of the earlier one, who possessed Abilina under Tiberius, but who, being less famous, is not noticed by Josephus. We cannot indeed prove what Suskind demands for the refutation of this hypothesis, namely, that had such a younger Lysanias existed, Josephus must have mentioned him. Yet, that he had more than one inducement to do so, Paulus has satisfactorily shown. Especially when in relation to the times of the first and second Agrippa, he designates Abila he Lucianu, he must have been reminded that he had only treated of the elder Lysanias, and not at all of the younger, from whom, as the latter ruler, the country must at that time have derived its second appellation. If, according to this, the younger Lysanias is but an historic fiction, the proposed alternative is but a philological one. For when it is said, in the first place, Philippu tetrarchuntos tes ituraias, etc., and when it follows, Cae Lucianu tes abilenes tetrarchuntos, we cannot possibly understand from this that Philip reigned also over the Abilene of Lysanias. For in that case, the word tetrarchuntos ought not to have been repeated, and tes ought to have been placed before Lysanias, 
if the author wished to avoid misconstruction. The conclusion is therefore inevitable that the writer himself erred, and, from the circumstance that Abilene, even in recent times, was called, after the last ruler of the former dynasty, He Luzianu, drew the inference that a monarch of that name was still existing, while in fact Abilene either belonged to Philip or was immediately subject to the Romans. The above chronological notation relates directly to John the Baptist alone. A similar one is wanting when Luke begins farther on, in verse 21 and following, to speak of Jesus. Of him it is merely said that he was about thirty years of age, on his public appearance, but no date is given, while, in the case of John, there is a contrary omission. Thus, even if John commenced his ministry in the fifteenth year of Tiberius, we cannot thence gather anything as to the time when Jesus commenced his, as it is nowhere said how long John had been baptizing when Jesus came to him on the Jordan. While, on the other hand, although we know that Jesus, at his baptism, was about thirty years old, this does not help us to ascertain the age of John when he entered on his ministry as Baptist. Remembering, however, Luke chapter 1 verse 26, according to which John was just half a year older than Jesus, and calling to our aid the fact that Jewish usage would scarcely permit the exercise of public functions before the thirtieth year, we might infer that the Baptist could only have appeared half a year before the arrival of Jesus on the banks of the Jordan, since he would only so much earlier have attained the requisite age. But no express law forbade a public appearance previous to the thirtieth year, and it has been justly questioned whether we can apply to the freer office of a prophet a restriction which concerned the priests and Levites, for whom the thirtieth year was fixed for their entrance on regular service. Numbers chapter 4 verses 3 and 47. Compare besides Second Chronicles chapter 31 verse 17, where the twentieth year is named. This, then, would not hinder us from placing the appearance of John considerably prior to that of Jesus, even presupposing the averred relation between their ages. Hardly, however, could this be the intention of the evangelist. For to ascertain so carefully the date of the forerunner's appearance, and leave that of the Messiah himself undetermined, would be too great an oversight, and we cannot but suppose that his design, in the particulars he gives concerning John, was to fix the time for the appearance of Jesus. To agree with this purpose, he must have understood that Jesus came to the banks of the Jordan and began to teach, shortly after the appearance of John. For that the above chronological determination was originally merely the introduction to a document concerning John, quoted by Luke, is improbable, since its exactness corresponds with the style of him who had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, and who sought to determine, in like manner, the epoch of the Messiah's birth. It is not easy, however, to imagine, 
in accordance with this statement that john was by so little the predecessor of jesus nor is it without reason that the improbability of his having had so short an agency is maintained for he had a considerable number of disciples whom he not only baptized but taught luke chapter eleven verse one and he left behind a party of his peculiar followers acts chapter eighteen verse twenty five chapter nineteen verse three all which could hardly be the work of a few months there needed time it has been observed for the baptist to become so well known that people would undertake a journey to him in the wilderness there needed time for his doctrine to be comprehended time for it to gain a footing and establish itself especially as it clashed with the current jewish ideas in a word the deep and lasting veneration in which john was held by his nation according to josephus as well as the evangelists could not have been so hastily won but the foregoing considerations although they demand in general a longer agency for the baptist do not prove that the evangelists err in placing the commencement of his ministry shortly before that of jesus since they might suppose the required prolongation as a sequel instead of an introduction to the appearance of jesus such a prolongation of the baptist's ministry however is not to be found at least in the first two gospels for not only do these contain no details concerning john after the baptism of jesus except his sending two disciples in matthew chapter eleven which is represented as a consequence of his imprisonment but we gather from matthew chapter four verse twelve mark chapter one verse fourteen that during or shortly after the forty days abode of jesus in the wilderness the baptist was arrested and thereupon jesus went into galilee and entered on his public career luke it is true from chapter four verse fourteen does not mention the imprisonment of john as the cause of the appearance of jesus in galilee and he seems to regard the commission of the two disciples as occurring while john was at large from chapter seven verse eighteen and following and the fourth evangelist testifies yet more decisively against the notion that john was arrested so soon after the baptism of jesus for in chapter three verse twenty four it is expressly stated that john was actively engaged in his ministry after the first passover attended by jesus during his public life but on the one hand as it appears from luke chapter nine verse nine matthew chapter fourteen verse one and following mark chapter fourteen verse sixteen that john was put to death long before jesus the continuance of his agency after the rise of the latter could not be very protracted and on the other hand that which may be added to the agency of john after the appearance of jesus will not make amends for that which is subtracted from it before that epoch for apart from the fact implied by the fourth evangelist in chapter one verse thirty five that the baptist had formed a definite circle of familiar disciples before the appearance of jesus it would be difficult to account for the firm footing acquired by his school if he had labored only a few months 
to be at their close eclipsed by jesus there is yet one resource namely to separate the baptism of jesus from the commencement of his ministry and to say it was indeed after the first half-year of john's agency that jesus was so attracted by his fame as to become a candidate for his baptism but for some time subsequently he either remained among the followers of the baptist or went again into retirement and did not present himself immediately until a considerable interval had elapsed by this means we should obtain the requisite extension of john's ministry prior to the more brilliant career of jesus without impugning the apparent statement of our evangelists that the baptism of jesus followed close upon the public appearance of john but the idea of a long interim between the baptism of jesus and the commencement of his ministry is utterly foreign to the new testament writers for that they regard the baptism of jesus as his consecration to the messianic office is proved by the accompanying descent of the spirit and the voice from heaven the only pause which they allow to intervene is the six weeks fast in the wilderness immediately after which according to luke or after the apparently cotemporary arrest of the baptist according to matthew and mark jesus appears in galilee luke in particular by designating in chapter three verse twenty three the baptism of jesus as his archesthai or his assumption of office and by dating the intercourse of jesus with his disciples from the baptisma iowanu from acts chapter one verse twenty two evinces his persuasion that the baptism and public manifestation of jesus were identical thus the gospel narrative is an obstacle to the adoption of the two most plausible expedients for the prolongation of john's ministry viz that jesus presented himself for baptism later or that his public appearance was retarded longer after his baptism than has been generally inferred we are not however compelled to renounce either of these suppositions if we can show that the new testament writers might have been led to their point of view even without historical grounds a sufficient motive lies close at hand and is implied in the foregoing observations let the baptist once be considered as was the case in the christian church from acts chapter nineteen verse four not a person of independent significance but simply a forerunner of the christ and the imagination would not linger with the mere precursor but would hasten forward to the object at which he pointed yet more obvious is the interest which primitive christian tradition must have had in excluding whatever might have been the fact any interval between the baptism of jesus and the beginning of his public course for to allow that jesus by his submission to john's baptism declared himself his disciple and remained in that relation for any length of time was offensive to the religious sentiment of the new church which desired a founder instructed by god and not by man another turn therefore would soon be given to the facts 
and the baptism of jesus would be held to signify not his initiation into the school of john but a consecration to his independent office thus the diverging testimony of the evangelists does not preclude our adopting the conclusion to which the nature of the case leads us viz that the baptist had been long laboring anterior to the appearance of jesus if in addition to this we accept the statement of luke from chapter one verse twenty six and chapter three verse twenty three that jesus being only half a year younger than john was about in his thirtieth year at his appearance we must suppose that john was in his twentieth year when he began his ministry there is as we have seen no express law against so early an exercise of the prophetic office neither do i so decidedly as cludius hold it improbable that so young a preacher of repentance should make an impression or even that he should be taken for a prophet of the olden time an elias i will only appeal to the ordinary course of things as a sanction for presuming that one who entered so much earlier upon the scene of action was proportionately older especially when the principles and spirit of his teaching tell so plainly of a mature age as do the discourses of john there are exceptions to this rule but the statement of luke from chapter one verse twenty six that john was only six months older than jesus is insufficient to establish one in this instance as it accords with the interest of the poetical legend and must therefore be renounced for the slightest improbability the result then of our critique on the chronological data luke chapter three verse one and two compare verse twenty three and chapter one verse twenty six is this if jesus as luke seems to understand appeared in the fifteenth year of tiberius the appearance of john occurred not in the same year but earlier and if jesus was in his thirtieth year when he began his ministry the baptist so much his predecessor could hardly be but six months his senior End of section 44